What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And today, I'm very excited, we have a couple. We do have a couple. We love interviewing couples. And Christina, we have had on the podcast before. I'm going to link in the show notes her solo episode, if anybody wants to listen to that. That was feels like 10 years ago, For even real. though it was only maybe two. I don't know, <laughs> but it feels like a long time ago. Um, so we have Christina Elisier, who is the CEO and founder of Living Dance, a performance, fitness, and lifestyle brand helping transform bodies and lives worldwide. She has been a professional dancer with, I always say this company wrong. Buglisi. The Buglisi <laughs> Dance Theater. <laughs> Buglisi <laughs> Dance Theater and Parsons Dance has performed and taught worldwide. She is trained in dance and fitness and is a NASM certifi- certified with nutrition and weight loss specializations. We also have her fiance, Jim Wallace, uh, who is a channel manager for Epion, a growing health tech company. He has a passion for writing and has been working on his own novel, which I can't wait to ask more questions about. When he's not working or writing, he's getting people laughing, doing live comedy or running in the park. He endearingly calls himself the Living Dance Donkey. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. <laughs> Welcome. Okay, let's clear things up right away. Why are you the donkey? <laughs> Why are you taking it away, Jim? Oh, I, we're starting with me. Um, well, you know, a lot more goes in, an, an infinite amount of things uh, goes into... Christina's business and her performances and her teaching and everything that she does. And when there's just a flat out manual part that someone doesn't need to be seen, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, and that's it. But, you know, we've, we've done a lot of things, you know, we've, we've uh, soundproofed the house. We, for her online classes, we've, you know, um, and sometimes I just carry mats. I'd started when she had like, she used to teach in, in live before the pandemic. And she had um, like 30, 15, 20 some mats to carry down to the studio. And they just loaded them all up on me. And you couldn't see me. It was just like a big <laughs> ball of mats going down the street. And I, we said, I'm the dance donkey. I think that's when it started. I that love was that. the day that he was like, I'm the dance that, donkey. That makes but sense. He was like, you know, proud of it. I'm the living dance donkey. I was like, all right. And every now and then yeah. I let out a little. <laughs> you know, love I, I yeah. love it. I love it when, I love it when, uh, when male partners are like cool with just doing all of that stuff, you know, like, I'm like, anytime I meet someone that's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, what dude, you love your woman. Do the, do the hard thing, man. Do it. That's yeah. great. When I first started dancing ginger and I was doing more personal chef work, I can't bring it any closer. Okay. Um, Corey was my sous chef. Like when I, I grew thankfully I grew my clients very quickly but I couldn't keep up and so every once in a while I would call Corey in and he would just dice and chop and he became my sous chef keep in <laughs> until mind, I hired one but the only thing I know how to cook is an egg so there you go just <laughs> chopping really there you go. <laughs> and then uh, on the on the flip side when I was in a band and touring and doing oh, all yeah. that stuff um 
I we was the we, we lovingly <laughs> referred to Alex as the merch wench. Oh, that too. <laughs> so she would like I would sell all the hawk things. all of the <laughs> hawk all of the shirts and the CDs and stuff like that. Well, guys, welcome. This is this is great. I'm I'm excited to have you guys on. Um, Thank you. Wednesday wisdom. Let's uh, dive right into uh, Wednesday wisdom. What do you got for us? Um, I have a dog handing me a Kong. Go. Um, my Wednesday wisdom. Let me check my notes real fast because I always forget. Oh, so we have a fr- um, my cousin JD. We were just talking with um, in a, our last podcast, and he says something that Corey pointed out that I didn't really realize that I really love. He's really good at admitting when he doesn't know something, and when he doesn't know something, he's like, "Oh man, you know, I don't really know that." And then, he, or I didn't know. That. I didn't know that. Like, can you tell me more about it? Or like, do you know about it? And I think sometimes. Um, it's kind of frowned upon to like not know the answer or not know something. And there can be this pressure to know everything. And I just really admire that and I'm trying to adapt it for myself. So my Wednesday wisdom is admitting something when admitting when you don't know the answer and or when you don't know something about a topic, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I feel like there's so much, yeah, there's so much stigma around, uh, you know, having yeah. to know it all, which really none of us yeah. do. So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, would one of you like to go or would you like me to go? Uh, I'll, I'll share some Wednesday wisdom. Let's do um, it. <laughs> I usually have something that I'm working on as we, I think many of us do, especially being a business owner and, and trying to be uh, on the forefront of that. And something I've noticed for myself is that I tend to overdo, overwork, overthink, um, overanalyze. And Tim shaking his head in agreement. <laughs> and one of the things that I love to live by right now, one of the kernels of wisdom that I really am enjoying is make space for magic and preserve your genius. Mm. These are like two phrases that I believe go hand in hand. And to me, making and space for magic me. is not slamming your schedule back to back to back to back. So you will have absolutely no time for doing things at a very high quality. Um, it also mm-hmm. means allowing for times for play and for moments when inspiration can come because I find that often I have in the past and I believe others do too, um, we can fall easily into the trap of blocking ourselves from receiving inspiration or receiving just positive health and good vibes because we're just slam packing our day or not allowing space for rejuvenation, rest, play. Um, friends and um easy to get into that trap i think as a a business owner or um you know even a creative person um creative artist and preserve your genius i think goes hand in hand with make space for magic because Mm -hmm. i think we're all have a kernel of genius in us right that space where we're in our like top notch this is what i can offer the world at my best um space Mm -hmm. and then when you make space for magic, you actually preserve your highest quality and you allow that to shine through more and more. So those two are top of my list, top of my journal at the moment. Um, reminders to not overwork Love myself that. into a tizzy. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim, do you want to go? Or you want me to go? Um, I'll go. Awesome. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think 
I guess I, if I had to put it into words, I'd say, you know, share your process because, um, you know, I used to, I never claimed to be organized. That would be ridiculous, but <laughs> I, true. But I did think that I had my ways of doing things. And, you know, when I just explain like, you know, how I do something or how I approach my day, um, you know, another person can tell you, you know, they're not going to just trash what you're doing. They may say, oh, they actually will say, oh, that's interesting. That's usually the first thing that people will actually say. And then you'll end up talking yourself out of a bad habit. Like I've never explained to Christina something uh, that I do, uh, you know, every day. And then she's like, oh, why'd you do it that way? That doesn't make any sense. She'll say, oh, I didn't know you did it that way. And then as I talk it out, I'm like, oh, you know what? I could do better. And it's almost like meditative. Because so many wow. of your things you do, you've just, you've never even, you've been able to get like outside of. So um, that's it. It's not, don't be, you know, it's not scary to do that. And if you, and if someone that you share it with does say, man, you're stupid. Why do you do that? <laughs> probably just don't share it with my cat. That's it. <laughs> well, it seems like, Great it seems advice. like she makes space for you to like say those things and have those, you know, that's, that's good that, that you guys have that kind of relationship where you don't have that fear of, you know whatever the yeah. Oh, response yeah. She, I have to come out I have to come out and say it like she doesn't you know um you know pry into my stuff I mean like I can tell you right now like I'll, I'll admit it right you know live on air like you know I'm at work and I'm like watching a YouTube video of something and now because we're working at home I'm like oh man what if she sees me watching Deadpool 2 goes out the window of like babe my day's been so hard you know and <laughs> she, she's just hearing that now for the first time so no she doesn't cry I, I have to you know i have to go out there and, and you got to ask for help you know yeah i think sharing your process i think that's beautiful though yeah you, you never know what kind of feedback i guess you can get yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's but also it cool that her, i think to put it out there Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's, 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 uh, that's awesome that you guys are able to share those things. And like, you know, if you're watching Deadpool two while you're working, you're saving space for genius. You know, that's, that would be my Wait, argument. He's, you're he's filling, up the, <laughs> filling up that tank in his own that's special right. way. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Deadpool two was genius. I mean, one was for sure. I don't know about two, but <laughs> I love, I love it for one. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh man that's great thank you for sharing um so my wednesday wisdom is a little bit uh i'll just say hyper relevant to me being a (laughs) being a business owner and a boss which i have a really hard time with saying those words i'm the boss um but it's about managing expectations of your employees um specifically like i had a moment recently where i was getting ready to do something and i was handling all of the creative and not supposed to be handling any of the like technical part and I was working with someone and I was doing way more than I should have been doing and I realized I was angry because I'm doing all of this stuff and this other person was oblivious and then I realized this is my own fault because I've set (laughs) all of these I've just been doing this for so long that I'm not putting the ball in someone else's court so I need to speak up or I need to shut the fuck up. You know, it's like one of those, I need to set expectations, tell people exactly what I expect of them, which is hard for me because I am constantly 
wanting people to like me. That's one of my like flaws, you know, is like, I need people to like me. So having difficult conversations is really hard, but they're not. If you're just like, hey, I need more from you. This is what I expect. This is your job and we'll be fine. You know, you don't have to be mean about it, but having those conversations for me is always like really hard because I just, I'm afraid of people getting upset and being like, you're mean or you're a tough person to work with, but that's not the case. And and it never happens that way, but I'm just afraid to have those conversations. So don't be afraid to do it. Tell people what you expect and, and don't be a dick about it. Just be nice and say, these, <laughs> these are my expectations and go from there. So that's my Wednesday wisdom. I love that. Um, it reminds me of this quote, I think Brene Brown, I know it's Brene Brown, but I, uh, she says, clear is kind. And that to me is mm. like so powerful because I can easily fall into that same trap, Corey. And it reminds me that like yeah. setting those expectations and putting it out there, like being clear and being honest is actually being kind because it's eliminating the question and then it's all out there in the open and then people can rise to meet it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I only have four, uh, five, six ish employees. And one of the things that the guy I started the company with and I were the only two remaining me founding members have always done has been like very honest about performance. And, um, you know, my, my like big fear that I talk with him about is like, I don't want to be the weakest link. I want to be the strong. I want to lead by example, you know, so he's constantly telling me where I could be better, which is hard. It's just hard to hear those things. So when you have someone that can be honest with you and hold the space for, yo, I love you, you're doing great, but like you're lacking in this area, it creates a, a working environment. Uh, I'll give a short example. Like there was one, time where I came into the office and he's like, Hey man, we need to talk. Like your anxiety is stressing everyone in the <laughs> office out. And I was like, fuck. And I've struggled with my whole, it's like a genetic thing. I think we just all struggle with anxiety. And, um, from that moment on, my goal was like, I never want to stress anyone out again. I want to be the cool, calm, collected mm -hmm. duck on the water. And he told me not that long ago that he had a dream that we were on a flight together and the plane was going down. <laughs> and he looked over and I was like super calm and I was like, everything's going to be fine. Aww. And I was like, all of my work around my work anxiety is paying off. He's like, Corey's the calmest guy in the room when the plane's going down. I'm like, that's it. It was really cool for me to hear that. So yeah. Anyways. That's huge. That's yeah. such a win. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Yeah. There we go. Um, but uh, let's get into it. I want to hear about yeah. you guys. Um, I think let's start off with how'd y'all meet? Okay. <laughs> oh. It's like a deep breath. No, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun story, and it, it spans it spans a decade. Wow. So, um, yeah, right. Very fun. So I'll I'll start it off with um, I used to as a as an artist. I was also a bartender and a waitress at the time when I first graduated college. And Jim had visited the bar that I used to work out, this bar called Bounce on the Upper East Side. Um, it was a sports bar. Um, I knew nothing about sports, and Jim was there to watch some sort of game. It was a great place. <laughs> some sort of game. Cool. Some sort of game. My Local favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah some scoreboard is on the tv so um and i remember talking to him then and we hit it off um and i just remember loving our conversation and i loved that he was a dude and liked sports and 
dude type stuff, but he also really had, um, we had like a deep conversation for the fact that we were in like this random sports bar <laughs> um, and it just didn't make any sense. And I really loved that there was like an artist inside of him who I knew he kind of like got my world. Um, yeah. And so I was like really excited about that. And I remember we exchanged numbers and then I never heard from him. And <laughs> he can fill this in later, perhaps, about as to why. Um, <laughs> but so then there was like kind of radio silence, and it literally nine years had gone by. Nine years had gone by. And then I was living in the same neighborhood. I was um, went to grab a drink with my friend Vishala. And I literally, this is a small, subtle shift, but you know, when you kind of like, for a while, I kind of was ready to meet someone that meant something to me. And I was ready for, for that. And, you know, I wasn't finding it, I wasn't finding it and it wasn't happening. And I kind of felt stuck about it. And then I was just like, you know what? Like, it's good. I'm happy the way things are. Like, everything's good. Like, let's just go out and have a good time. So my friend Vishal and I went out and grabbed a drink um, at this local bar on the Upper East Side and Supply House, actually. And I had one martini, so I was feeling a little like, you know, good about life. And I remember turning around and off of my corner, I saw Jim's face and I thought for sure, I was like, how do I know you? So I was just like really quick to spit it out because I knew I, I like in an instant recognized his face. I couldn't like place it, but actually yeah. he was really good about it and was like, I think he used to work at that sports bar and like we started to piece it together even over the course of all that time in between and that night he um he went to give me his phone number and it already came in my phone as Jim uh -huh. so like I typed in his number and it was already there like we had already done this <laughs> and failed <laughs> so, quote unquote um but then we had our second shot at it um and it, there's an interesting tidbit I'll let Jim fill in about why he was at Supply House Oh man. Okay. Well, I need to backtrack and say, you know, <laughs> defend yourself. And, no, Corey's, <laughs> Corey's going to defend me too. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, he was I, well, just really it, busy. Know, <laughs> yeah, we nine did. years worth of busyness. I've been really busy. No, that's it. We'll just leave it at that. We'll take a. We'll take. Okay. No, I think it's good. I think it's better this way. We yeah. both had our life. We both sure. did, you know, like, and then we met later in life when we we're ready to make the. I, I moved. I moved out of the neighborhood. I changed my job. You're right, Corey. There was a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> but the important part was, you know, you know, there really wasn't. There's really not much of a story for me personally in between there. But about a week before we remet, um, I tried stand up comedy for the first time, and. The thing about trying stand-up comedy for the first time is all your friends show up and no matter how bad you are, everyone tells you you're great and hilarious because it's your first time. <laughs> so I was instantly a star and I was like, oh, here we go. So I'm going to go up the second time. And the second time I was awful and I bombed and I was miserable. I was at this bar wearing a sport coat thinking I was Jerry Seinfeld, just like the biggest geek <laughs> of all time. And if you had one martini, I definitely was not that restrained because I was miserable because I had bombed. So I was like, I was like crushed. And <laughs> and uh, I was standing at the bar going to order a drink and then you turned around and I was like, oh my God, it's Purple Shirt Girl. Because I did not forget you, but, and I knew your name, but you were in my <laughs> mind for all of that time as Purple Shirt Girl, the one that got away. So um, we exchanged numbers and I remember I left immediately because I knew I was very drunk 
and I knew it was going to work or at least wanted it to work. And I didn't want to say anything stupid. So I was like, hi, yes, it's me. Okay. We have each other's numbers. I got to go see ya. I ran out and got in a cab and I left my friends at the bar. Cause I, just yeah, I actually like, I ended up talking to his friend that night. Yeah. I was like, I got to get out of this scenario. Cause this is, you know, I think I got a girlfriend now. Let's get the hell out of here. And, uh, for as dumb as I played it the first time, I played it very smart the second time. Uh, Dude, I was just going to say like, wow. drunk, like past, like drunk, you should be high-fiving your current self for the yeah. wherewithal to be like, this is important. I'm going to leave so that this could become something. Wow. That I is a really fun story. So much. <laughs> yeah. For so many different reasons. I think it is so sweet, Jim, that you were, you remembered her purple shirt girl. She was the one that got away. And Corey and I, um, we've known each other my entire life. Our families were friends. Um, but the other day we were talking about what do we think would like, would we have found each other if our families hadn't been friends? Like, and then, you know, of course that comes along of like the destiny and the da da da. But, and I, I think like, I have a very small romantic bone in my body, but when I hear things like this, like about that is very clear to me that that is destiny and you were meant to live your life. Like it clearly wasn't meant to be the night it happened, like the first night you met. And I think like everything happens for a reason you found your own paths and it led back to each other. That is beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. Also, Jim, like just want to give you the, the high five of like getting the hot bartender's number is not necessarily an easy thing to do when, when they deal with drunk assholes all the time. That is true. That's right. Twice, Corey. Twice. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love when it. You were ex- when you were exchanging numbers, did either of you think like, well, I already have your number. Did you remember at the time or did you forget? Oh, I, I you know, I, I think it was like, I mean, it had to be like my 10th phone. <laughs> it had, oh, okay. Uh, 20th phone, like two phones a year were lost and broken. So I was like, there's no way it's in here. And then boom. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was, yeah, it was yeah. in my phone. I don't think I anticipated that at all. It was just a really, that like to me, like kind of solidified Wait a minute, wait a minute. That that my full name was in her phone, first and last. So now, like when I text her and we're at her parents, like my my future in-laws, my name still comes up as Jim Wallace. I'm like, it could be a little less formal at this point. I'm pretty sure it's just Jim at this point, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, so, so just, wait, I actually have a clarifying question. So when you guys were talking to each other, you like kind of knew that you knew each other, but you weren't sure how. And then you were like, oh, I know you from this bar. And then you exchanged oh, no, no. numbers again? Instantly. No, I, okay. as soon as I knew, saw her face, I knew it was her. Like, okay. it, was, okay. it was really like, I'm, I'm looking at the bar and, and like I was between her and our, our, our friend now, Vishala. And as soon as she turned, I knew it was her. There was no question. There's, there's no, I knew right away. And I, well, okay. And you know why I didn't immediately say Christina and you hate this part. What? So I would go back <laughs> to that sports bar and to prove that she was the, the one that got away uh, later on, that bar had these stockings, like Christmas stockings hung uh-huh. up for all the staff and they couldn't fit Christina on a stocking. So they wrote X Tina, like Aguilera oh, style. Yeah. And I asked her, 
Sounds know, like my I'd stripper like, name or something. Yeah, and I'd be sitting there with like my wings and my beer watching Monday Night Football, and I'd be like, "Oh, Xtino, I should have done it," you know. Oh so, my gosh! But I, but instead of saying Christina, if I would have blurted out, "Oh, you're Xtina right there," that whole <laughs> ship was sunk. So. <laughs> yeah. Damn, we would not be sitting Smooth here with you two. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, right. I love it so much. And we should also mention that you are now engaged. You've been engaged. I think yes. it was a year, like recently, right? A year on Monday. Um, Congratulations. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. I love Thank a good uh, proposal know, story. Really I love yeah. a good proposal story. Do you guys want to share that with us? We're just, I, listen, I have all of the romantic bones. She has zero. I said I have no, one. It's I just small. Her. Corey, I'm with you. I'm a poet over here. And all she's doing is talking about how I didn't call her. This is <laughs> it's those dancers. They're so artistic, but they have no, no romantic heart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So how did, how did the so whole proposal go down? So you, you, you started. Oh, yes. Really, I know the story. It was a really, um, yeah, I think Alex knows. It's, I've, I've shared it on Instagram. <laughs> I've shared it with people. For sure, it's a special story to me. Um, I was putting together a solo concert for Living Dance. It was the first time for a while that I was going to be performing my own original work, my own choreography. Um, it was essentially the launch of something like this for me. And it was really special because I hadn't done it since I performed for other people. And I really felt like a piece of me was missing until I did this thing that I really wanted to do. And so there's a lot of anticipation leading up to it. And we were both really excited about it. Um, Dance Donkey was in full effect helping out <laughs> and um, so that night came and both of our parents were were there his parents came into town his parents are from Pittsburgh so that was so oh, cool. sweet of them to come and watch this special moment unfold I had like in the heart of my gut like kind of wanted this you know, I wanted to be married to Jim and I wanted to have this special moment. And I, I did have that kernel of thought to myself, like, oh, like, what if it happens on the special day? Will I like literally like implode from happiness? Like that just feels like <laughs> so much goodness in one day. Like, how is that possible? But I just thought, oh my gosh, like, would that, would that possibly be it? And then what happens is the magic of like putting together your own production and dancing it and, and figuring out all the odds and ends. It was the furthest thing from my brain entirely at mm -hmm. that point. Um, so I literally was just on a high from performing as, as mm -hmm. happens. And then all our friends and family were there. So afterwards we went to across the street to Baccio e Baccio, right? Is that the Italian restaurant across the street uh, from Ailey? That's like that one. Of course I remember it, but I can't <laughs> pronounce it. Right so oh yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> the parents were happy. The parents were very happy. So after the performance, we were all kind of gathered around and he, in between the tables kind of got down and proposed to me so all our friends and family were there that's um so everyone that's was really magical. exciting that's you heard cool. we got it on tape and there's someone what, who's screaming so, well that's the thing so we got it two people filming it and you can't see because the camera shakes but there's this like high-pitched like piercing scream above everybody's and we can't figure out who it is but i think it's your brother and i think <laughs> <laughs> we're yet to Aww. prove it it's like oh man <laughs> that's awesome thank you for sharing that's that's rad uh i just i, I love it man I, I just love a good proposal story and yeah. it's just you know it's so special like to find that person and like we're very lucky in new york to be with someone that we're going to spend the rest of our lives with like i have a ton of single friends that are like i can't date 
to save my life, yeah. you know? Um, oh, big meanwhile, time, right? like going some on my, some of my no, most notorious, uh, notoriously single friends are just like, they're pretty frustrated. <laughs> Dude, COVID really put a yeah. wrench in it, you know, and we're, yeah. we're sitting here like 13 years in. I've known her 30. Wow. How old are you? 31. I've known her 31 years. <laughs> We've been together almost. We're going on four, 14, going years on 14 April. years together. So I'm just like, my reality of what dating is, is like yeah. this weird thing. Like we were together before the iPhone was even a thing. <laughs> So That's remarkable. Yeah. Talk about yeah. knowing um, someone. You guys must really. Yeah. I'm like, you. everyone can come to me for relationship advice and you can talk to me about your relationship, but I can't help you with dating. Like I technically have never really dated before. So I'm sorry. I yeah. can't help you. Um, but That's I'd love beautiful. to dive into, I'd love to dive into kind of your personal lives. I'm really interested to hear about Jim's novel and the comedy and more about what's going on in the dance world. Um, can you just talk to me, you know, about what's been going on with you guys? Like, what are you working on creatively? Like what, what's giving you excitement in your life right now during this like weird 20 years of a year? <laughs> Let's start with you. The, the COVID year, the yeah. pandemic year. Yeah. Um, well, it completely shifted living dance entirely. Um, as I think it shifted everyone's life. There was no way mm-hmm. it wasn't going to change everything. Um, I was teaching a ton of group fitness classes. Um, I was doing mostly privates. I was teaching my living dance cardio class in a, in a rented studio space. Um, and as soon as this happened, you know, I went virtual pretty much as soon as possible, which I think a ton of fitness people did as well. And it really evolved. I mean, it started off with just like getting the classes out there and on online for people to access. So I could keep some sort of sense of normalcy alive with my own life, but also just keep giving people what they wanted during this time, which is to keep a sense of their routine and a sense of their health intact. So pretty quickly it was uh, classes on Instagram. And then that graduated into doing eventually Zoom classes. And then we did this really awesome challenge over the summer months where people were really excited to like do a deep dive. And I offered not only um, bar classes and dance cardio classes, but I offered um, a whole living dance methodology that I've kind of cultivated over time, ways to live a happy, healthy lifestyle, um, what that means, steps to do it. Um, It's been something that's been close to my heart for a long time because I really do believe that fitness is awesome and it's amazing and it's so powerful. Um, And so is dance and, and art, but without implementing healthier strategies over the course of your life, um, over the course of the rest of the hours of your day, mm-hmm. you can really either make progress and soar, or you feel like you're kind of stuck in a rap and like a, you're stuck in a loop. So mm-hmm. this methodology was to help people get out of the loop and go in the forward trajectory towards the things that they wanted for their body and for their health and their happiness. So I released that in, in the summer and that was really fun. Um, we got a beautiful group of people together for that. Um, and then we realized that people loved it so much that we just wanted to keep it going. And I literally kept the schedule alive starting in September. So I literally oh, wow. went from teaching these sporadic online classes to now teaching Monday through Friday, every day at 8 a.m. If you can't join live, you get the recording afterwards. Um, and I've been doing one-on-one consultations with people to kind of help keep them on track. So it really shifted into basically, I feel like I'm a one-person fitness studio um, yeah. with, with, with nutrition consulting and um, you know mindset approach um, built in. So we're on kind of continuing to do that um as we go into the new year 
It's so amazing to hear you and see the things that you're doing through social media. And I have yet to take a living dance class. I will. <laughs> it's I just, there when you're ready. It's, it's there when I'm ready. I come, you know, it's like anything. Like I have so many million excuses. But it's so amazing to hear you and see you kind of live out this dream that I feel like I've known about this for so long because we talked about it on our first episode and you and I had, you know, many coffee dates talking about how you're going to build out this brand. And it's just been really nice to like watch it from the sidelines and to see you create this thing that you've been having in your head for so long. And even though it's not the way you thought it was going to be because it's all online, it's just really beautiful to see like, even though it's not what you wanted, COVID, I think, really pushed a lot of us, especially in the fitness world, to, and as artists, to, like, put more stuff out there in a slightly different way, but, you know, it's like we don't have the excuses anymore to not do XYZ because we don't have our, you know, quote-unquote normal life anymore. So, yeah, it's just really lovely to hear you doing what you've been envisioning for so long and I'm just very happy for you yeah you should oh, be proud so it's a, Thank yeah you. you should be proud it's a really cool thing and like also I think like one of the things that I've realized about COVID and like social media in general and like the way that it shifted is like it's almost like if I'm gonna go buy a pair of sweatpants I have Champion, Roots, Nike, ASOS like a million different options to buy sweatpants <laughs> right but there's only one that like I particularly might want to buy or be into I feel like it's the same way with fitness and health and mindset. Like I have a person that I'm taking a course with um, for 90 days and I like love the way he teaches and I like the way he does what he does. But there's a million other people that are doing those things. But it's really cool when you find your niche and like the people that are into that brand, I guess, of fitness and health and wellness and dancing or whatever it may be. Um, but it's, it's a powerful thing. And I've, I've been following you since the, the first time that, you know, we were on, it's, it's just so cool to see, like, you must be so stoked on it and frustrated with it. Like at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's brought, you know, it was a really welcome change in some, in some regard, because Alex, I don't know if you can relate to this too. It's, you know, I've, I had run myself in my overzealous ways mm-hmm. in my over an analysis, overthinking, overdoing ways, tendencies, I have definitely overscheduled myself with with clients, yeah. and now I feel like with the with the virtual world, I can offer one really high quality class and say, you yeah. know, what? this is the best class that I could teach today. It's absolutely what I want people to see. It's absolutely what I believe in, and then everyone can come join that top notch class versus me feeling like by the time I finish my sixth class of the day, mm. you're getting like half of me. And, and now I actually have more space. It makes space for magic uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, this methodology to come forth and come through. And now I'm able to have, you know, the time to cultivate what that was and now give that out. And now I feel like I have a more robust package, something that I wouldn't have been able to do previously when I was spreading myself too thin. So that was like a really beautiful, positive shift that happened with all the online. And of course, Corey, spot on. There's like totally unexpected surprises, (laughs) you know, tech work, tech doesn't work. When I look at my first videos, they were like, paled in comparison video quality in comparison to where they are now and that's just the natural progression of learning technology and learning how how it works when you're not necessarily a tech person 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know who said it or what the quote is, but uh, it's kind of a long quote. But basically, it's like when people <clears throat> like when you start making art, everyone sucks. You have this idea. I, I, I got to find it. I've said this a million times, but like you have this idea and you want it to be good, but every it sucks. Objectively, it's awful. And it's just bad until you like get a little bit better and better and better. So, you know, it's it's really funny for me when people are like, as a video guy or, you know, a film guy, people are like, oh, my videos are bad. I'm like, dude, stop, stop that. Like, like quantity is king. Like keep putting it out. You'll realize it'll get better. I'm film. People are notoriously super judgy. I am not that way. I'm like, I know how hard it is to do something. They're great. Your first one was great because you did it and you're the next one will be better. Like that's, it's just a good, just that you're doing it is, is the most important thing. That's the, that I think is key. That's such a smart mindset to have because people yeah. shoot themselves in the foot before they even get started. Yeah. Perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Jim, how about you? How did you get into writing and stand up comedy and how are you doing? Like, what are you doing with that now? Yeah. Um, well, you know, those are two things that have, you know, kept me and, you know, kept us both sane, being busy throughout everything yeah. that's going on. So, I mean, they're, they're different. I mean, the writing thing is, you know, since you're little, I've always wanted to do it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, nothing's on the shelf, you know, yet, but that's always been there. I feel like for me, I always had the idea of something I wanted to do. And the problem was uh, the effort and the discipline to do it. So not just with COVID, but, you know, a lot to do with a fiance that wakes up at five. I think I can get up at six thirty now, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, I put aside hours every morning to do that. And when it used to be a struggle, now it's if I don't do it, then I feel weird that I didn't do it. So that's mm -hmm. happened, you know, that's happened this year um, and last year. So um, so that's coming along. Um, comedy is interesting. Comedy was on a dare, nothing more than a dare, absolutely <laughs> okay. a dare, um, from friends who did it. Um, at you know who were at the bar with me and they're like why don't you get up there and say these things that you're yelling at me now over drinks into a microphone <laughs> and, um, but that's been great and it's equally a passion project and that happens at night um, what I will say that's neat about comedy um, right now because of COVID is it's absolutely not dead it's thriving and it's alive more than people would realize and for me not only did it keep me busy and give me something to work on but it really just made me feel better about everything that's going on. Um, when everything first shut down, you know, I thought of comedy and I thought of all of it's a, it's a real ragtag bunch of misfits, right? There's <laughs> people that are, have great jobs. There are like retired investment bankers with all the time and money in the world. There's, there's obviously a lot of kids. There's a lot of people without a ton of employment. There's folks, you know, from all over. It's a, it's a real mixed bunch. And I thought, oh man, people are going to lose their jobs. The young folks are going to move back home with their parents and people are going to get overwhelmed and, and that scene is going to uh, suffer. And it didn't at all. As soon as people were able to go back to Central Park and have like shows and mics, which go to Central Park and check out a show. It's too, I guess it's too cold now, but there is comedy <laughs> out there for sure. Um, you know, I saw the same people. I saw, honestly like young kids that I thought would be huddled in their parents' basements. I thought people mm -hmm. that would just quit or not want to, you know, come outside and do it in a, in the grass with no microphone. 
And it's not true. And everybody, and it's alive and it's thriving and all the same people are doing it. So, you know, anybody who tells you New York's dead, start with comedy and prove yourself wrong right there. So that's been the coolest part about uh, comedy. And then being able to actually have a show and be on a show that just, whenever the minute you find out you have a show to the minute after the show, you are completely preoccupied uh, and you can think of nothing else. So anybody can use something like that nowadays. Yeah. Man, I just, I have so much respect for stand-up comedy. Um, no, I mean, only because like where, where at, like what I do, a lot of it is like based in comedy. So we got our start in sketch comedy, you know, uh, filmmaking and doing that. But I tried to, my, my sister for her 40th birthday <laughs> wanted to do a roast. So I roasted my sister and I pulled no punches. And like at the end, people were like, oh, is your brother a comedian? I'm like, okay, first of all, the crowd was drunk. <laughs> And second of all, it's someone I know intimately. Coming up with jokes that are funny to the masses is like so hard. Yeah. What is your like, do you have like a certain approach or like, is there a method to how you write jokes or? Once I get some that work, Corey, I'm happy to come back on the show and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, yikes. Um, I, I will say this, I it's not at all. And I'm right in the middle of it right now, right? I'm not looking back at a career and saying, this is how you do it. But it is not like if you're funny at the bar telling jokes to your friends, that doesn't translate. Um, <laughs> I can tell you firsthand. So, <laughs> you know, you got to practice, you got to write it down. Um, you really got to work at it. Um, but I will say that you, you do not know who's going to be good at it. You do not know um, how it's going to turn out. Um, some person who doesn't say six words and has a really hard time, even in a basic conversation, will step up on the mic and blow you out of your chair. And then sometimes, you know, sometimes you do get in a groove and sometimes it's, it's really great. So it's a constant puzzle. I wish it wasn't. I wish I had, <laughs> I wish I could just talk up there. Like I talked to my friends at the bar, um, or wherever, you know, not in bars that much. Um, but, <laughs> not now at least. But you never yeah. know. And yeah, it's a constant puzzle. It's constantly something to work on. It's constantly something to figure out. It never runs out. There's always energy. And when I do, if I do extremely poorly, it hurts. And then immediately the next day, I want to do it more than I did it before. So yeah, that's awesome. It's We've, I mean, in that sense. It's so interesting. So I've we've had several stand-up comedians uh, that I've worked with on the show, and I've done a lot of work with uh, drag queens, Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange it's, uh, specifically. And I've filmed a lot of, I've done a lot of video work for them, but like I've done some of their live shows, and they are objectively funny almost all of the time. <laughs> like even when they're trying to wow. be serious, I'm like, damn, you're funny. And then we have a friend who is a hardcore CrossFitter and like a weightlifter. And in the gym, he's just like this kind of drab, weird fitness nerd. <laughs> and then he gets up, Ryan Brown, we've had him on the show. And then he gets up there, he gets up on stage and is lifting 900 pound deadlifts with jokes. Like he's just so funny. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it, so yeah. to your point, you never know who's going to be good at it. Um, my question would be like, are, do you find yourself being a student of the game? Like, do you study? Because there are some certain like, methodologies methodologies to joke telling do you follow those or you just kind of come up with your own 
Yeah, thing. you know, well, you know, I, I, I enjoy that part, right? Like, I, and I don't know if it's because of my age and I started a little later and if I was like right out of school or something, I'd be like, bam, I'm doing it my way. So I enjoy that part. I, I haven't really found what works for me. I mean, in the sense that as a writer in the morning and then a comedian at night, I prefer to just write pages and pages and pages of stuff and then just pull out of that what works. I really don't like having to write a two sentence uh, joke. I, I just, I don't like that. Um, but I'm, I'm very much in the process of, of like figuring it out. I'll tell you another thing that's hard is like, I like to tell stories. It's my favorite thing. And it's what I like to do with my friends, but you don't just get to walk on stage and tell stories. That's just not how it works. It's not mm -hmm. physically how it works. You have to go and tell like quick jokes. Um, you know, I can't just tell you, Oh, this one time. So my goal is to get to the point where I can just tell my 10 minute story about the most hilarious thing from the nineties that I ever saw. <laughs> um, but until I then that. I have to be, a, until then I have to be a student of the game. And yeah. Yeah. What, what is really funny is that the students of the game, the actual students of the game are not comedians. So like my one buddy, who's the most stoic guy who, I mean, Dimitri. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's even like this, he'll say like he's the stereotypical humorless Eastern European guy. He critiqued me on like, well, why don't I have a tight five? And why don't I do what Dave Chappelle said and Chris? And I'm like, it turns out just because he liked comedy, he studied all of it. So the students in the game are usually not the people that are up there doing it. They're just, it's, it's, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle and people like it. It's it's yeah. good, and this will kind of I mean uh, lead into my next. It's nice to have people that kind of push you in that way and like, make you uncomfortable <clears throat> a little bit. Um, for for you with dance, do you have anyone that like pushes you to kind of get out of your comfort zone or make you uncomfortable when you're creating? Oh, I love that. I would I would welcome more of it. I think I actually need to bring more. You know, when we can bring more people into the get into the mix so you just have different people's opinions um i know leading up to my december show i, I wanted to have as many people look at it as possible because i, I needed it i wanted to get it all out before yeah i showed more people it so and it's um, hard when you're the dancer and the choreographer and the director and the and the and the and that like it's it's hard totally. when you're everything well you're in it and i do i think there's something to what jim said about like you know your friend who's not in comedy Dimitri's not in comedy, but is an outside observer and a lover of it, and who's seen a ton of it, can mm -hmm. offer some sort of insight that could be really helpful and useful to you who is in the inside wearing it, you know, love every little move to pieces and to edit it feels like mm -hmm. you're crushing your heart and soul. So you really, you know, I think it's so important to have those people. Gah, I have, um, I'm trying to think. Jim helps me with that. Um, you know, I have old teachers, my friend, Lauren Garson had helped me and looked in the studio with me. She is a definitely a different perspective than I am. Like she, to me is a more of a, she could look at something in a more logical way and just see if things and see if my ideas are translating. Plus she knows me very well. So I, I can always trust that she will tell it to me straight and, you know, give me the feedback that is, um, taking the the vision further down the road so it's a it's a mix i guess of trust and uh mm -hmm. and the hard the hard yeah 
nuggets of truth that you need in order to make something good. Yeah. So I, I actually want more of that in my life. <laughs> I think that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've both kind of touched on it a little bit, but how has the shift been from working from home? And we were talking about this the other day um, on on our podcast. It, we're we have a very unique relationship where you know, we never have had, you know, quote unquote, like nine to fives. So there's been a lot of couples and I'm not assuming that this is one of, this is you, but there's been a lot of couples who have struggled with seeing their spouse and their partner every single minute of the day for the last few months. And it's been, I mean, my love language is quality time. So it's been such a blessing to like have him here all the time. I'm like, yes, give me more. Um, But has that, has that changed? Has like, how's the dynamic of working from home, sharing the space? I know there's probably moments we share this where I'm in one room teaching and he's like, you know, having to tiptoe around and quiet the dog and whatnot. So can you speak to, to that? Oh, Alex, you are, uh, you nailed it. Um, I can totally relate. So I pretty much in the morning, the early morning hours is when I take over the living space and just for the for the sake of understanding it's like we have a very small one bedroom apartment we absolutely adore our apartment Mm -hmm. when we got it about oh a little over a year ago we never thought we'd be spending this much time in it (laughs) i don't i think everyone yeah you know dancing this much in it and um so literally every morning I wake up early in order to do my art first, because mm-hmm. if I don't do that, then, then, you know, by the time the day goes, you know, advances, Jim's out here doing conference calls and then I can't be, you know, bot my leg, <laughs> yeah. kitchen, you know, right next to the kitchen sink. So literally in order to teach the classes, we've have to shift furniture out of the way. And then yeah. Jim gets banished to the bedroom. <laughs> Um, So he starts his day, his work day or his writing day in the bedroom all cooped up. And sometimes he doesn't really get to see the outside world (laughs) until I'm done with my class. And I think that's really challenging. Um, I think Jim would have something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Speak your truth, Jim. (laughs) Is this this the blink if you're you're in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... Uh, yeah, you'd be yeah, you'd be you'd be full of it if we didn't say that it, there was that, that it was hard. Did I did I bump my earpiece? There we go. I'd be full of it if I didn't say it wasn't hard, and and it's sometimes yes, it can be very very hard. Um, by nature, he of, says I'm loud. She's the loudest. Person. Corey says that all the time um, to me. Yeah, it's, yeah like. No, you, you guys are interested. We, ha- we have to project <laughs> to the computer. We have to project you, so Alex. everyone can it's hear enthusiasm. us. Yes. Very good. Thank you. And, and she, can't, she can't turn it off. And she, you know, and that's part of her business and that's how it works. So, you know, that's the funny part. And yes, it is, it is, and it can be frustrating. But the truth of it is, and, I, and I, I'll say this, is the frustration purely comes from logistics. Right. Mm. It's the fact that the apartment is small. It's the fact that we don't have another room. You know, there's nothing about what Christina is trying to do, her attitude, uh, you know, the vision. She's not doing anything wrong. It's just the nature of where we're at. So I, as long as I remind myself of that and I get noise 
canceling headphones. <laughs> you know, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely fine. It's totally fine. And then it gets back to what you said, where it's good that she's there because if I have in my regular day job some miserable meeting, instead of stewing in the office where I would I was like, you know, I, I was like the office jerk. I would get like mad about mm-hmm. like conference calls and things that happened. Well, instead I'm looking at her and I'm not as mad. You know? <laughs> and, that's, and that's the truth. It helps. Um, yeah. Yeah. The only thing is that you got to do in, is, is you just have to, and we're still not quite as good at this as we could be, but like if your schedules are out there, <laughs> then you just know, just don't double book yourself. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't book my most important conference call when she has a private one-on-one session, you know, and then at least if you put it on the calendar, you can like, you know, you'd be like, ah, see, I told you. And yeah, then, like, <laughs> it's on the calendar. Well, I get in trouble for that all the yeah. time. It's all, yeah. It's all just logistics. There's no, there's no personal anything to it at all. And I mean, that's it. I mean, she's growing. A, it's, it's not like she's just messing around. She's growing a business yeah. that's completely blowing up before our eyes. So, you know, that's, that's worth it. That's, that's I think, all worth it. I think I mean, that's a really good way to, to cook look at dinners it. together more too. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think you know, it's, like, it, there's so many little positive things that have come from this and yeah, we get to have dinner together almost every single <laughs> night. And that is just so wonderful. Like pre COVID that was so rare, so rare. Oh, sorry. But yeah, yeah it's so, totally. so nice. I also think it's a really good perspective, uh, to, to, to look at it as a logistics problem. I've actually never thought of it that way, but now that you say that, I'm like, Oh my God, that makes so much more sense. Like in removing the, removing the frustrations and just realizing like we're having to plan around, around, uh, each other's lives in a way that's like respectful. And, and could you hear him crying? Yeah. That was the dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean this whole like relationship navigation around the lockdown and, quarantine and the whole pandemic has been really interesting this is a year they're going to be studying for a very long time very very long time it's uh yeah for sure it's a little crazy yeah. um, um play i would love to play just a quick version of um the newlywed game so we'll just we'll change the rules a little bit so um i'll answer i'll ask the question and it'll be like a who said i love you first type question so then we'll you can either, I guess maybe we should have you say it at the same time so we can see if the the answer matches up. Does that sound good? Or you could just be honest and, and say, oh, I got it wrong. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, other way but, to do it. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> it sounds terrifying. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, won't do anything, we won't do anything incriminating. Be nice. All right. Um, where did you go on your first date? Lower East Side bars. We went to um, what's the name? Shrimp po' boy sandwich. I got her a shrimp po' boy sandwich. <laughs> Something I would never normally eat. But uh, the last time she's eaten meat, like for the rest of her life. <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, this is the best sandwich. You're gonna love. I this. don't know the name of the restaurant. Yeah. Um, forget me not. Forget me not. And then, oh, the, nice. then afterwards, um, it was Halloween, and we we're at Clandestino. And what did we have at Clandestino? Drinks. <laughs> Drinks is dinner. It was Halloween, so they had a bowl of dum dum lollipops. That's right. Nice, <laughs> nice. I would say point for Jim. 
We won't yeah. we won't keep score, but point, point for Jim. Point for Jim. <laughs> I know that, that one went to Jim. Um okay, well just who said I love you first? Jim. Jim. Oh. I said it directly after in response. Oh, that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. It was on New Year's. It was yeah, on New Year's oh. and the ball dropped. That was really oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. Keep up. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> it was the only time I could keep up with her dancing and keep her still because she had a big boot on her foot uh, for oh. the surgery that she had on her foot. So I got you to stay still so I can tell you that. <laughs> nice. Um, who is the tidiest? Me, hands down. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Without <laughs> question, I'm not touching. He is, that. he is, quote unquote, Jimmy, Jimmy piles. Jimmy piles is the thing. <laughs> oh yeah, those are piles of clothes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a method of organizing. It's a Corey, it is Corey a hangs everything. There's hooks all over our apartment. He hangs everything. I, Where our closet, like he can reach to, his uh, hand. He can reach his hand to the right and reach our closet and hang his clothes. Or he can nail a hook to the wall and hang his pants on the wall. I, and I don't understand. It's like right there. <laughs> You're giving him inspiration. If you, can't, if you can't see what's available, how are you supposed to know what you're going to wear? I hear often, where did you hide? Where did you hide this? Where did you hide, hide that? <laughs> Um, I think I might know the answer, but who's the funniest? Jim. No, no not even close. And I'll tell you what. Oh. Not even close. It's her because um, I used to run a comedy show with friends of mine in a bar, and the other guys that did comedy would just con con constantly ask for Christina to go up and do a set where she made fun of me. And that's all anybody would request. I would consider you know, doing it once and one time only. She would she would shake the walls if she was given just five minutes to make fun of me. And so <laughs> um, who does most of the cooking? Oh. Hmm. hmm. I would say it's pretty fair. We were both so bad when we started that it's a time because <laughs> we're learning together. Yeah, I would say it's pretty half and half. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, the next question, who's the better cook? Hmm. Depends what you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if it depends what, what, what we're no, cooking. We're both, we're both that bad. There's no yeah. Ah. I'm, I'm in a state of learning, and I'm really enjoying it. I like to help. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Me. So my theory is that everybody should just have – you don't have to be a good cook. You just have to have a signature dish. Like just mm -hmm. that one thing that you can nail, and you've got a you've got a few. We've, but chili because mac, of this pandemic, we've ended up getting a few dishes. Chili, chili mac, mac is, is yours. Good. This vegan chili mac thing that I'll just like. It's our uh, game day food. Um, like like a mac yeah. and cheese, but with chili. Yeah, it's a mix of so it's like um you can do like chickpea noodles <laughs> with like kidney beans, and then the cheese instead of cheese is like cashew butter mixed mixed with turmeric, mm. um, a little bit of nutritional yeast and and a little bit of water that sounds so strange but you mix that together yeah. and it creates this like paste um and that's mm. like this cheesy goodness that goes on top and then you have the scallions and what am i missing it's, like, it's just like homemade shit it's like crushed tomatoes and all crushed that. tomatoes yeah so it's just like a lot of like nice you know, it's nice. Love, it. love it 
Um, okay, so this is going to be a question for Jim to answer. What is Christina's favorite movie? Christina, think of your favorite movie, and you'll tell him if he got it right. I'll sing it in the rain. We just watched Damn. it. He did get it right. Nice. <laughs> and then flip flop. What's Jim's favorite movie? Oh God, this is going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we were talking about Fincher movies before this, I'm you're you have a task. Cut out. <laughs> uh, he knows what's up. <laughs> I know, and I like don't remember the names of things very easily. It'll be yeah. like that movie with that person in it. So I'm always like, Wah! um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're Why don't you help her out, Jim? I have no idea. I would say like, uh, it's like one of those. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh, it's um, she's got it. It's that Amer. It's that American movie. He made me sit through it. I hated it because it was so gruesome. <laughs> there was so much violence involved. A lot of American something. It's called American Psycho? something. No. Psycho. Okay, I forfeit. I forfeit the name I, of the movie, I, I, but I know which one it is, and he knows that I know. So that. Right. That counts. She watched it. She sat through it. She hated it. True romance. True romance. Oh, I've God, never seen yeah. it. And now I need to watch uh, it. It was, uh, it was, it was a big one from when I was a kid. And and I would watch it, you know. And I was like, hey, this was it from when I was a kid. And she's like, that explains so much about it. <laughs> nice. I was like, that is awful. It was just, it was a lot. Not my style. We'll do the last one. Um, what is your spouse's favorite junk food? So same thing. Jim, you can answer for Christina. Christina, you can answer for Jim. <laughs> okay. So her junkiest food is the healthiest thing that I would ever eat. So right there, that doesn't, that's a tough one. But um, she, all these like dark, she likes dark chocolate, but it has, but like, it's like a mathematical equation to get the right, dark chocolate it has to be like 92 percent cocoa <laughs> with zero milk and stuff so yeah like dark chocolate candy bars, sounds, right? yeah i love dark chocolate candy bars that sounds also probably yeah. ridiculous but yeah that's, that's accurate yeah um <laughs> favorite is this his favorite junk food yeah just just your he loves doritos yeah <laughs> there wow, there's a lot of similarities between these two. <laughs> and uh, we already knew this, but a yes. lot of similarities. Yes. <laughs> Doritos, yes. Uh, For me, it's it's a tie between Doritos and Cheez-Its. I don't know which Ooh. one I like more. Yeah. I just ate a whole bag of goldfish crackers. It's the goldfish. So that's like the, that's like Cheez-Its for even younger kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we like to finish the segment or we like to finish the show with what made you laugh the most and what was something stupid or embarrassing that happened to you. I think it's nice to kind of chip at your ego a little bit and make fun of yourself. So we usually start with what made you laugh the most. Um, Corey, do you have something for us? Um, yes. Uh, what made me laugh the most this week is uh, Holly Lou filmed uh, a duet musical group called, well, their names are Joel and Julia. But they're called Advent Carolander on Instagram. Like Advent Calendar, but they sing songs, so Carol. Yeah, and they do like they do one song a day for the Advent Calendar, and they're all joke songs and like super funny. Sometimes they're offensive, but they're all like topical and on point. Um, And they are so 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 funny. See the one here, the one today. Yes. Today the song was about 
dad dipped his dingle in the Christmas in the fondue. fondue. Yeah, it's just, it's just so funny. And and yeah, what's what's really funny is they're both really good singers. And if you were to change the words to make it not funny and stupid, it would be they would be good songs. Like they do a good job harmonizing with each other, and they're both talented singers. But because they're singing about such stupid things, it's it is yeah. really. I don't funny. know if it's actually happened, but they're going to be on a very large or have already been on a very large late night talk show. I don't know if That's I can share so that. Fun. But yeah, they're like really, really great. Yeah. And there's a bunch of celebrities that follow them. But we shoot it in our studio and it's just, <clears throat> it's a hot mess, but it's super fun. That that made me laugh. That's amazing. I gotta check shit. it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll tag you in some of their stuff. Um, yeah, please do. What made me laugh the most is, it happened a few weeks ago and I just posted a picture of it on Instagram. But, so we have a dog, Teddy, and we've had him for a few months and we're still kind of learning and learning about him and he's also young so he's changing as well but um sometimes he doesn't give you like when you're walking with him sometimes he doesn't stop to like lift his leg and pee on a tree he just kind of like squats his butt down and pees and <laughs> we were walking home with him <laughs> and Cor- he was like dragging behind and Corey was pulling him like dude hurry up and I turn around <laughs> I turn around and look and he is peeing and there's just a whole line of his pee just like zigzagging because we didn't know he was peeing and Corey was pulling him along and I just busted up laughing. I thought it was so funny. Um, And so I posted a picture of it, but that really, really tickled my funny bone. (laughs) Like, poor thing. We didn't know you were peeing and you're just getting dragged along. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Is this in the, we, in the last couple of weeks? Well, in the last couple of weeks. We agree on this. Yeah, this is something we mutually <laughs> have gotten so much joy out of recently and has cracked this up so often that we actually just started adopting it as a phrase that we say to ourselves constantly back and forth throughout the day, um, which is Kate McKinney's um, We Know This, Dr. We Know oh, This. Oh, yes. On SNL. <laughs> we laughed so hard at that i don't know i don't even know why it was so funny but we just died and now we now we'll do something we'll be like we know this or we do not know this and we say it constantly (laughs) it's like our comic relief through like pandemic living um so it really it, it, it breaks up the living space a bit yeah that i love her she is by far i think my favorite snl actress who has ever been or comedian who has ever been on the show and that little bit in particular was so funny and just the fact that Colin was like are you okay like as a human are you okay, are you okay? he's like Kate, <laughs> Kate. Yeah, 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 wait, pause for a second like I are you know, okay just checking it was it was we watched it, so we watched it a few times and every time we're like oh, that's and good. going back to watching other clips of her because it was just gold yeah Yeah. she's the best i freaking love her um anything that made you laugh oh you just said that sorry um so we'll go to what was most stupid or embarrassing do you do you remember what yours was uh no you want to tell me Corey. Corey likes to forget and also he says he's not embarrassed easily but he definitely is um so because i'm so afraid of being embarrassed (laughs) that i really i'm constantly thinking is this going to embarrass me so then yeah where i'm like Fuck it. Yeah. Um, 
But um, we live in the first floor apartment and we have the basement. So we have stairs in our apartment. And I was asking him to throw me this oh, like yeah. um, cleaning. I, I have this. Um, it's like a baking soda natural cleaning thing. And it's in a plastic uh, container. And Corey is also one of the reasons why I love him. A five-year-old at heart. And he <laughs> lined up the round tin like on the top of the stairs to like slide See it down slide the railing. And I saw him, and I my thought process was, I know why he wants to do this. I know this is going to fail, but we'll just see how it goes. But and I also sure, did it too quickly for her to say anything. And sure enough, it goes like a foot maybe, and then falls off, and like clink, 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 explodes everywhere. And uh, that was definitely not the smartest decision you made the last I was week. really proud of her. She she really held the anger in, though. I could see how pissed she was. But she was like, I know what you were going for. Had we caught, like, I could see in her eyes. She was like, had I caught that, that would have been dope. It nice would have been try. dope. But now. Fuck you. Clean this, this shit up. Now it's all over the floor. Yeah, that's that's Aww. a good one. Um, so that was definitely, I think, for you. Oh, also... <laughs> Um, it was like made me laugh a lot and it also was kind of stupid. So we give Teddy these bones and the place we get them has them individually like wrapped and priced and they tape the price tag onto the bone and they like wrap it all the way around. So it's really hard to get the tape off. And I was picking up his poop and I go, what's this bright orange thing in his poop? And it was the price tag. And so Corey had forgotten (laughs) (laughs) to take off the price tag. Details. (laughs) Details. Yeah. Small menu. But I just also thought that was really funny that you're not supposed to take the price tags (laughs) off food before you eat it. No, it's okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How about you two? Well, for me, Easily, and I think it's us, both of us. I mean, go for it. So, Corey, <laughs> you might be in trouble. You might, I might get you involved in this one. But I, I took this. I took Christina's class one time, and we did it on Instagram Live, and I was awful. And I was. It's very, <laughs> very hard. Her class is very hard. I don't want to turn anyone off to it, but it's really hard. <laughs> and I just was dominate. I got crushed by it. And it was half of it is a choreographed routine. So I'm like, I can't even, it's not that I'm a terrible dancer, but I couldn't even keep my arms up. <laughs> I had to like learn a routine. So I was just bumping around the apartment like Frankenstein. And my mother watched it on on Instagram Live. And instead of being like, oh, we go, good job, we love you. She was just like, why can't he do the moves? <laughs> she, was like, she was like heckling him from Instagram. It was amazing. I'm pretty sure our family tuned in for that just to like, get the pleasure of like of of watching Jim. So yeah, you embarrassed me. <laughs> I embarrassed you. Yeah. There you go. I like that though. That's good. Also you could have been embarrassed at how bad he was. I mean that's how it works both ways. Should have been. It's a good one. Yeah. No, it was that's pretty great. funny. Like at one point like he's going in the other direction, I like grab his hand. I'm like, we're gonna go this way with the great time. <laughs> and then and then like we I always love looking <laughs> now I'm just like nailing it home. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a, he gets some he got so sweaty at one point that his hair came down to this like funny little curly cue down. If you remember like Eddie Monster or like the Misfits, like oh yeah, yeah. Point, <laughs> I just had this 
Sweat point coming down. Hey, you know, at least you didn't have hair dye dripping down the side of your face. <laughs> oh. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. Wow. Oh. That's great. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And it was so nice to see Jim, to meet you, and yeah. Christina, to see your yeah, face awesome. again. Really great. Totally so fun. wonderful. This made my night. It was so great to chat with you both. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. Um, Christina, where can people find your classes? And can you can you plug away, girlfriend? <laughs> sure thing. Thanks so much. Um, www.living-dance.com is where all my classes are. It's where everything is. If you slash that and put classes at the end, you'll go directly to the class page. I'm also on Instagram um, at Living Dance. And that's where all my good stuff lives. Love it. And I'll, nice. for anyone listening, it's in the show notes. So if you want to go directly to that link, it's all right there. Um, Jim, can we find your comedy anywhere? Yeah, actually, interestingly enough, uh, there's a show this Sunday at 5 o'clock at a restaurant in the Upper West Side called Bustan, which is um, between 83rd and 84th on uh, Amsterdam. Um, it's, they have a courtyard, uh, so cool. it's totally distanced, oh, totally safe. Awesome. Um, they know what they're doing. It's called the Phase 11 Comedy Show, and that's uh, Phase with a Z. So, Love it. Um, I'm, I'm far from the only person on there. There's going to be a lot of talented people on there. So Amazing. Cool. And I'm pretty sure awesome. it's free. I don't know. If it's a restaurant, you should buy something. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. I will also – it'll also be in the show notes. So if anybody wants any more information on that, amazing. Do you have any past shows on – is it living anywhere on the internet that people could – go to not, or do you want not really to we used to have a we used, <laughs> we used to have a very successful uh, a lot of comedians have bar shows and we had the best one in the city i won't hesitate to say it but we went on hiatus because of covid so mm -hmm. that's been kind of on pause um but um gotta get those bits on ig yeah i gotta get some more bits yeah. out there <laughs> do the, the andrew Schulz model or whatever he's doing the best he was one of the best i saw him he Corey, we can talk about that for a while. Andrew yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a marketing genius, but we can save that for I, another episode, maybe for next time. Absolutely, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again both so much. This has been so wonderful, and um, Corey. Yeah, thank you all outro. so much. Um, yeah, uh, for those of you listening, uh, you know, a like, a share, a subscribe goes a long way. A rating goes a long way, and um, we're coming down to the end of the year. Only a couple episodes left, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for those, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm stealing conversation. It's about to go down. I'm feeling your vibrations all the way across town. I'm E.T. You can phone me, girl. You know me. Only want to hear a different tone. I know somewhere quiet we can go.